0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about hyperthyroidism. And you can find written notes on this topic at slash hyperthyroidism or in the endocrinology section of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Hyperthyroidism is where the thyroid glands produce too much thyroid hormones specifically triiodothyronine or T3 and thyroxine which is T4. Thyrotoxicosis refers to the effects of abnormal and excessive quantities of thyroid hormones in the body. Primary hyperthyroidism is due to thyroid pathology. The thyroid itself is behaving abnormally and producing too much thyroid hormone. Secondary hyperthyroidism is due to pathology in the hypothalamus or pituitary gland. The pituitary gland produces too much thyroid stimulating hormone, stimulating the thyroid gland to produce excessive thyroid hormones. Subclinical hyperthyroidism is where the thyroid hormones T3 and T4 are normal and thyroid stimulating hormone or TSH is suppressed, meaning it's low. In subclinical hyperthyroidism, there may be absent or mild symptoms. Graves' disease is an autoimmune condition where TSH receptor antibodies cause primary hyperthyroidism. These TSH receptor antibodies produced by the immune system stimulate the TSH receptors on the thyroid gland. This is the most common cause of hyperthyroidism. Toxic multinodular goiter also known as plumber's disease, is a condition where nodules develop on the thyroid gland which are unregulated by the thyroid axis and continuously produce excessive thyroid hormones. Toxic multinodular goiter is most common in patients over the age of 50. Exophthalmus, also known as proptosis, describes bulging of the eyes caused by Graves' disease. Inflammation, swelling and hypertrophy or growth of the tissues behind the eyeballs forces them forward causing them to bulge out of the sockets. Pretibial myxedema is a skin condition caused by deposits of glycosaminoglycans under the skin on the anterior aspect of the leg or the pretibial area. This gives the skin a discoloured, waxy, edematous appearance over this area. It's specific to Graves' disease and is a reaction to the TSH receptor antibodies. Goiter refers to a neck lump caused by swelling of the thyroid gland. Let's talk about the causes of hyperthyroidism. The causes of hyperthyroidism can be remembered with the GIST, G I S T, mnemonic G for Graves' disease. I for inflammation, meaning thyroiditis, S for solitary toxic thyroid nodule, and T for toxic multinodular goiter. Thyroiditis, which is thyroid gland inflammation, often causes an initial period of hyperthyroidism followed by underactivity of the thyroid gland, which is hypothyroidism. The causes of thyroiditis include de thyroiditis, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, postpartum thyroiditis after delivery of a baby, and drug-induced thyroiditis. Next, let's talk about the presentation. The features that are universal to all causes of hyperthyroidism include anxiety and irritability, sweating and heat intolerance tachycardia or a fast heart rate, weight loss, fatigue, insomnia or difficulty sleeping, frequent loose stools or diarrhea, sexual dysfunction and brisk reflexes on examination. Graves' disease has specific features that relate to the presence of TSH receptor antibodies including a diffuse goiter without nodules, Graves' eye disease, including exophthalmus, pretibial myxedema and thyroid acropachy, which is hand swelling and finger clubbing. In patients with a toxic multinodular goiter, the nodules may be palpable within a swollen thyroid gland or goiter. Let's talk briefly about solitary toxic thyroid nodules. A solitary toxic thyroid nodule is where a single abnormal thyroid nodule acts alone to release excessive thyroid hormone. The nodules are usually benign adenomas. Treatment is with surgical removal of the nodule. Let's talk in more detail about Quervain's thyroiditis. Quervain's thyroiditis, also known as subacute thyroiditis, is a condition causing temporary inflammation of the thyroid gland. There are three phases. The first phase is thyrotoxicosis, the second phase is hypothyroidism with underactivity of the thyroid gland and the third phase is a return to normal. The initial thyrotoxic phase involves excessive thyroid hormones thyroid swelling and tenderness, a flu-like illness with fever, aches and fatigue and raised inflammatory markers, for example CRP and ESR. De Quervain's thyroiditis is a self-limiting condition and supportive treatment is usually all that's necessary. And this may involve non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs for symptoms of pain and inflammation beta blockers to help with symptoms of hyperthyroidism and levothyroxine if necessary for symptoms of hypothyroidism. A small number of less than 10% of patients with de thyroiditis will remain hypothyroid long term. Next let's talk about thyroid storm. Thyroid storm is a rare presentation of hyperthyroidism it's also known as thyrotoxic crisis. It's a rare and more severe presentation of hyperthyroidism with a fever, tachycardia and delirium or confusion. It may be life-threatening and it requires admission for monitoring. Thyroid storm is treated the same way as any other presentation of thyrotoxicosis although they may need additional supportive care with fluid resuscitation Anti-arrhythmic medications if arrhythmias occur and beta blockers. Next let's talk about management. A specialist endocrinologist will guide the treatment of hyperthyroidism. Carbimazole is the first-line antithyroid drug. It's usually taken for 12 to 18 months. Once the patient has normal thyroid hormone levels, which usually occurs within four to eight weeks. They continue on maintenance carbimazole, and either the carbimazole dose is titrated carefully to maintain normal levels, and this is known as titration block, or a higher dose of carbimazole is given to block all production, and levothyroxine is added back in and titrated to effect, and this is known as block and replace. A Tom tip for you. The MHRA issued a warning in 2019 about the risk of acute pancreatitis in patients taking carbimazole. In your exams, look out for a patient on carbimazole presenting with symptoms of pancreatitis, for example, severe epigastric pain radiating to the back. Propyl thiouracil is the second line antithyroid drug. It's used in a similar way to carbimazole. There's a small risk of severe liver reactions including death which is why carbimazole is preferred. A tom tip for you, both carbimazole and propylthiouracil can cause agranulocytosis with a dangerously low white blood cell count. Agranulocytosis makes patients vulnerable to severe infections. A sore throat is a key presenting feature of agranulocytosis. In your exams if you see a patient with a sore throat who's taking carbimazole or propylthiouracil the cause is likely agranulocytosis and they need an urgent full blood count and aggressive treatment of any infections. Radioactive iodine treatment involves drinking a single dose of radioactive iodine. The thyroid gland takes this up and the emitted radiation destroys a portion of the thyroid cells. Reduction in the number of cells results in a decrease in thyroid hormone production. Remission can take 6 months with radioactive iodine after which the thyroid is often underactive and the patient requires long-term levothyroxine. Treatment with radioactive iodine involves strict rules due to the radiation. Women must not be pregnant or breastfeeding and they must not get pregnant within 6 months of treatment. Men must not father children within four months of treatment and patients must limit contact with people after the dose, particularly children and pregnant women. Beta blockers are used to block the adrenaline-related symptoms of hyperthyroidism. Propranolol is the usual choice as it non-selectively blocks adrenergic activity as opposed to something like bisoprolol which is more selective and only works on the heart. Beta blockers do not treat the underlying problem but they control the symptoms while definitive treatment takes time. Beta blockers are particularly useful in patients with thyroid storm. Surgery is a definitive option for hyperthyroidism. Removing the whole thyroid gland, called a thyroidectomy, or removing the toxic nodules effectively stops the excess production of thyroid hormone. Patients will be hypothyroid after a thyroidectomy and they'll require lifelong levothyroxine to replace the missing thyroid hormones. So thanks for listening to this episode on hyperthyroidism. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. Consider becoming a member of the Zero to Finals Patreon to support Zero to Finals and help with the production of all these podcast episodes and notes, questions, and everything else. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about hypothyroidism.